Hello, and welcome back to another FACT podcast. I'm Dr. Fred Clary, founder of Functional Analysis Chiropractic Technique. And today's episode, we're going to be condition-specific. We're going to do a condition-specific podcast. Today, we're going to cover fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia. Now, if you just listen to the word fibro, fibrous, fibrous tissue, myalgia, my means muscle, myo means muscle, M-Y-O. Alga means pain. So fibrous muscle pain is kind of what it says in the Greek, Latin, and medical speak. Well, there is no fibrous in it at all. It's a misnomer. It was called uh, fibrositis like in 1904 by a doctor, and he would find these knots or what we call trigger points. And he and the patient would be um, incapacitated, would have pain, numbness, fatigue, sleeping problems, and these painful knots that sometimes refer. You push on this knot, and it refers up and down and to the side. And he called this fibrositis. Then later on, it was changed to fibromyalgia, I want to say in the late 70s. And that's real important to understand because... Most of your rheumatologists I dealt with in the 80s and early 90s were trained in the 70s. So there was no fibromyalgia. This was a new kind of condition. It was named many things and diagnosed as three or four or five different conditions in the 1980s and early 90s. I remember the first textbook that came out on fibromyalgia. Uh, I had already graduated chiropractic school in 92. And this big green textbook came out on fibromyalgia. I actually bought it for my practice, read it, and it had some really good stuff in it, some good neurology to understand it, but it still wasn't fully accepted. I'm going to tell you how it wasn't fully accepted. I would have patients that came into me in the 1990s, and they would go to their GP, their internist, a rheumatologist, an orthopedic for this widespread pain, these knots everywhere that referred pain everywhere. They'd have fatigue. They'd have memory problems. We call that fibro fog. They would have skin issues. They would have all these vast, they would have anxiety and depression. They would have this vast array of symptoms, and they usually were blown off. And the current statistics on fibromyalgia show that at least 2 to 4% of the U.S. is affected by it. That's 6 to 12 million people in the U.S., And you ready for this? 90% female. 90% female. And when I was talking about uh, our past podcast on fixing the United States healthcare system, we talked about gender bias. This is one area of gender bias. Many patients were blown off because they were female. That, oh, they couldn't be feeling that much pain. Oh, it can't be traveling that way. That way doesn't follow a dermatome, a nerve root. Well, dummy, it does follow a sensory nerve. It does follow a map of the uh, somatosensory cor- in the somatosensory cortex. It does follow a pain representation in the thalamus, our deep-seated uh, sensory filtering and integrating a structure in our brain. So a lot of these uh, patients were describing all this widespread pain and fatigue, and they were kind of blown off. Then we started getting more research. There was more complaints banging on the doors, work hours, billions lost over decades in work lost and uh, work up. I mean, can you imagine going to your GP, blows you off for six months, 
then you go to a psychologist, and then you go to a rheumatologist, and you just can't find anything. The problem is there's no blood test for it. Some patients will have slightly elevated C-reactive protein, um, a marker for global inflammation, which is good because then we know where the pain's coming from. But there is no global marker in your blood for fibromyalgia because it's a neurological problem. Let me say that again. Even though it's called fibromyalgia, it's a neurological problem. We call it central sensitization of pain, which means you, your pain tolerance is lowered, lowered. Right now, you have all kinds of pain signals coming into your brain. They're being filtered out. Even that pain from that football injury, yet that left knee pain from your, your, your glory days when you're 17 playing varsity football in high school, um, there's pain coming in from the pelvis and low back from the four babies you gave birth to. There's all this sensory information coming in because there's structures damaged. Well, when the structure's damaged, it turns on a pain nerve, and that goes to the brain to tell, hey, there's something wrong here. The brain mounts a defense or mounts a reaction, processes it, sends, you know, increased blood flow, immune uh, cells to start repairing the damage. A lot of times those pain signals are not turned fully off because, and it makes sense if you look at biology and evolution, this is now going to be a weak link. Your ability to run away from a saber-toothed tiger is going to be slowed down by that left knee. So you always want to actually lower the pain um, tolerance of your left knee because, you know, it's a little weaker and you may not be able to climb that tree or run away from the saber-toothed tiger or pick up a rock and throw at it. So it's a survival mechanism. It makes sense that once an area is damaged, that it now becomes more sensitive to pain. Now, that doesn't mean it's, it's dysfunctional. I've seen many people, you know, that they have some damage and they're stronger than they were before they damaged the knee. They damaged the spine. They damaged the shoulder. They're actually better. They're actually stronger. But it doesn't mean the, the nervous system sensory information has changed. In fact, they'll go use that knee and they'll get actually a lot of pain. But we do an MRI and it's pretty clean. Um, it looks as good as the right knee. You know, you've cleaned up. They've had surgery. Maybe they had it scoped. It's all cleaned up. Where's that pain coming from? It's coming from the pain nerves that have been turned on. That switch has been turned on and it's very hard to turn off. So you can have pain all over in your neck, your back, your head. You can have some headaches from this. A lot of people have trouble sleeping. And here's, here's the problem with fibromyalgia. Now that it is an accepted diagnosis here in 2020, the year 2020, too many doctors are jumping on that and saying, oh, you have fibromyalgia. Um, the diagnostic criteria is like these 18 or more spots that you have in your body. And if you have 11 out of 18 have trigger points or are painful, then you have fibromyalgia. That was the earlier um, diagnostic criteria from the 90s. And I think that's at least a good start, that they have trigger points and pain all over. But that doesn't tell you why they have fibromyalgia. It's still a label. When a patient comes in to me and they have a fibromyalgia diagnosis, I always start and say, okay, why do you have it? Why do you have it? Um, do you have anxiety? Do you have depression? Because a lot of patients with fibromyalgia have anxiety and depression. 
is the mental health disorder really the primary in this musculoskeletal, this you know muscle problem, this joint problem, this tendon problem, this widespread pain and trigger point problem, is that secondary. A lot of times it's primary, the musculoskeletal problem, but they also have on top of it depression and anxiety, which doesn't help at all. The medications they use to treat primary fibromyalgia are serotonergic, which means serotonin, which help your mental health and your gut, help digestion. So I'm looking back and I, and I, someone comes in with fibromyalgia as their primary, I'm like, okay, why do you have it? Is there a B vitamin deficiency? You know, some B vitamins will give you chronic pain and skin problems and inability to sleep and restless leg and headaches. Do they need a better diet? So we look at the diet. Are they getting enough sleep? You know, sleep apnea and sleep deprivation will give you all these symptoms. Do you have a hormonal issue? 90% are female. 90% are women and girls affected by this. So guess what? It's got to have an estrogen and progesterone component. It's got to have a hormonal component because women usually have a higher pain tolerance than men. My goodness, they give birth. Come on. So they usually have a higher pain tolerance. Why are they having this widespread pain? How does progesterone and estrogen amplify central sensitization? There's no studies out. They're not doing it. No one's looking at some of this stuff. But we do know that some of these uh, drugs they're giving is to quiet down the nerves. So we know these nerves get overactive. And if you give them a medication that slows it down, like gabapentin, if it slows it down, then guess what? You know, they start feeling a little better. There's a lot of side effects with these medications, of course. So, you know, when you're looking at what to do here, make sure you get a full diagnosis. You know, depression, um, anxiety, you have sleeplessness, you could just have a B vitamin deficiency. I had a patient who came in uh, yesterday, and this is why I'm doing it, I'm a little prompted. I had a patient who came in yesterday and was diagnosed with all these different things, fibromyalgia, had this or that. I did a more careful history, just asked a few questions, and that's all careful history is. Sit there and ask three, three or four different questions that no one asks, and found out that it was a hormonal balance, imbalance, hormonal dysfunction she's had since junior high. And I'm like, what? You've been on the pill for 20 years and you're like only like 30 something? This is crazy. Let's get you to a specialist. Let's get you an endocrinologist. And that was the extent. No one had done it before. And that's not slamming their medical doctor. That's not slamming their provider. But sometimes people don't ask the questions. And I said, it's, it's too easy sometimes to give them, oh, take this, take that. Oh, when you took this, your pain went down. So we'll just keep this prescription going. No, why do they have it in the first place? So in my practice, I never look at fibromyalgia as a primary diagnosis that it's the last resort diagnosis. Let's find out if it really is a sleep problem, a hyperventilation problem where, you know, they have some mechanical breathing issues. Let's find out if it really is a nutritional problem. What's their diet look like? Are they really subclinically deficient in B vitamins or certain trace minerals that will give you all the symptoms of fibromyalgia? Are they deficient in water? Are they dehydrated? Dehydration can give you some of that. What, you know, what's their diet look like? Then we go on to other diseases. I know a lot of patients with thyroid dysfunction. They can have all the symptoms of fibromyalgia. I, get, I know patients who have, you know, estrogen, progesterone, or even men with testosterone issues. They can have all 
the symptoms of fibromyalgia. If a patient comes in with fibromyalgia and they're in their 40s and 50s and they've been doing a physical job their whole life, they've been beat up, they have, old, they have injuries that did not heal themselves properly, so they have old orthopedic injuries everywhere. They just went through a divorce, had problems with the IRS, a lot of social issues at home, um, occupational duties issues at work. They're having problems, you know, with their boss. And now they got fibromyalgia. It doesn't mean they're faking it. It means they've lost their reserve. They've lost their capacity. They've run out of that room on the plate. You go to the buffet, you only can put so much on your plate. Well, you can almost put so much on your plate physiologically. Your body can only handle so much. Your nervous system will start skipping and breaking down. And this is you're not filtering the pain anymore. So fibromyalgia most likely is a problem of pain filtering. You're not filtering out what, yeah, there is a knot there, but it'll go away in a couple days. And yeah, you ran a jackhammer for four hours, but you shouldn't be paralyzed on your couch when severe pain and depression. Guess what? And some people they do. It's a real condition, but it should be ruled out. So if you have fibromyalgia, make sure you go to a doctor and get full blood workup. Make sure there's not a hormonal issue. Make sure you have your diet completely evaluated by a dietitian or a, pro- a provider who understands diet. A lot of, lot of professionals, are, it's not their wheelhouse. You know, they have one or two hours. You know, what they learned about nutrition is on the back of a cereal box they read when they were in junior high, then they went off to be an MD or a DC or a DO or a podiatrist or a nurse practitioner. They don't study nutrition. Go to someone who studies nutrition. You will get better results. If you want to be a great strongman, you go to a coach who does strongman. If you want to be a great powerlifter, you go to someone who does powerlifting. If you want to learn calculus, you better go to someone who knows calculus inside and out. So if you want your diet evaluated, go to someone who understands diet. You have to. I know a lot of people say, well, I went to my doctor and he said my diet's fine. What training does he have? Has he taken continuing ed? And that's fine. If he's taking hours and hours and hours of continuing ed and diet, that's fine. But remember, if you're an expert in plumbing, you're a plumber, you may know how to do carpentry, but that's not how you make your living. So go to someone who makes their living taking care of people on diet and nutrition, if you're looking for that. Go to a sleep doctor to have your sleep looked at. And if you need mental health issues, make sure you see a counselor and they can figure out, hey, no, 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 this isn't fibromyalgia, chronic pain. This is not what it is. This is primary depression and anxiety. We got to treat that first. Or we treat the same time, concomitantly, we call it. So what is fibromyalgia? It's a problem in the nervous system where you're not filtering pain, even normal signals coming in. Things get amplified. They go straight through to your cortex, to the top of your head, where you feel them. And that causes anxiety. It gives you anxiety and depression about chronically having this pain signal always on. It can affect your memory. It can affect your mood. And it can affect your money, your back pocket, by running around and not getting it diagnosed. Make sure you go to someone who understands fibromyalgia. And if they don't, ask for a referral. There's an, Okay, if you have this issue, you want to go to someone who's an expert. Take care of your diet take care of your sleep, and get the right diagnosis for a neurological problem called fibromyalgia. 
And this has been another Fact Podcast.